0: Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to Worst Pod. Today's episode is all about Star Wars films. So we are ranking 11 of them. It's the nine episodes plus Solo and Rogue One. So if you're into Star Wars or maybe you're not into and you want to get into it, this is a good episode for you. Uh, I say conflicting things in this episode about whether or not there are spoilers. Let me just be clear up front. There definitely are spoilers in this. So uh, if you don't want it spoiled and you plan to watch it later, all the episodes, uh, you can listen to this at your own risk, but it also might get you interested. So up to you to decide. Um, and also I do want to say this starts off really awkward and uneven, but it gets better. Trust me (laughs) after I get past the first few films, it gets a lot better. So bear with it. And, uh, thank you again for listening. Bye. Hello and welcome to Worst Pot. Thanks for joining. I've been pretty active. I posted uh, a few episodes over the last couple of weeks and even got a bonus episode with uh, like five-minute episode talking about the XFL. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys are liking the content. Um, let me know ideas if you have them. Um, people have been offering quite a bit, so thank you guys if you contributed. Uh, real quick, a couple things you can do to help spread word about the podcast is number one you could subscribe wherever you're listening that would be really cool and then number two you can share it with your friends so if you have a friend who might be interested in one of the episodes just hit that share button wherever you're listening and just send it to them see what they think um you know worst case scenario they go this guy sucks and you can go well i agree (laughs) you can say whatever you want after that i don't care um but just so you know. Uh, those are the two big things that could help us. So today, I wanted to do an episode on the Star Wars movies because I've seen a whole bunch of lists online about Star Wars and I disagree with almost all of them. So uh, (laughs) I got fired up and I decided to rank them myself. And this is going to be called the best Star Wars rankings because they're better than everybody else. And that's not just like, you know, me trying to be, uh, I don't know, Conceited, arrogant. It's it's like a lot of the Star Wars lists online are not good, at least in my opinion. I don't know, <laughs> maybe other people think they are, but uh, a lot of them devalue some movies and overvalue some others. So I'm gonna give you reasons as I go through why I like some and why I don't like some, and not just say, you know, not just provide a list and say, well, this is because of the Rotten Tomatoes rankings, or well, this is because this person liked this. I'm gonna try to reason it out. So. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Also, if you haven't done it and you're looking for like I don't know something to watch because everyone's stuck at home, like go through and watch all the Star Wars movies. I think everybody has Disney Plus. If you don't, you should get it. But uh, by the way, there's a deal still going on where you can get Disney Plus, Hulu with ads, unfortunately, um, and you can get uh, ESPN Plus if you're into sports, all for 12.99 or something, 11.99. Like, I don't know, something like that. Um, but it's a great deal. And if you want live TV with Hulu or no ads, you can upgrade it too. So you should have Disney Plus because it has so much good content on it. But if you're looking for something to watch, just go through Disney Plus and watch all the movies in order. It's kind of fun. I did it with my wife. She had not seen hardly any of the Star Wars. She had seen bits and pieces of the originals, and wasn't into it at all. So even for you women out there who are listening to this podcast, like it, Star Wars isn't only a like a guy thing. Um, you can get into it if you watch like the first or the second episode. And just like stick with it. It, it, uh, I will say, like, the first few are not great. So, what I do is start at four, five, and six, and then work your way up from there. But this is the definitive ranking. It just, you have to watch them in some kind of order. You just, you probably don't want to start with one, two, and three. You'll feel lost. You won't understand how things line up. And to be honest, four is just a better movie than any of those prequel movies. That's universally agreed by almost everybody. So, however, I do have. Some of the prequels are a little bit higher than quite a few of the critics do. So here it goes. Here's a, like a millennial take on the Star Wars movies. Starting at number 11 with Attack of the Clones, episode two. So this is the second movie from the, the prequels. uh Okay. This is essentially just a romance film between Anakin and Padme, also known as Amidala. Uh, I don't know if she is in the second one, but. It's really boring. It has Blade Runner vibes at the beginning and it's like a completely different feel from episode 1 even, which is weird because episode 1, 2 and 3 are supposed to be like all in the same universe, all share traits and things like that and it just doesn't feel like it belongs. It feels like it is a whole different universe almost. It's got no significance to the larger narrative. The CGI is even more prevalent than it was in episode 1, which it was not good in episode 1. So they- the fact that they doubled down on CGI usage in episode two just made it worse. And then it's basically like the entire plot of this movie is Anakin gets more mad. That's, <laughs> you don't even have to watch it. Like, I mean, I don't know. I think my wife thought it was okay. I didn't like it at all. I hate this movie. Like with a passion. It's just literally Anakin gets more mad. Anakin Skywalker gets more mad. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen Star Wars movies, you can listen to this. You're going to get a lot of spoilers, but you still probably won't understand a lot of how the stuff fits together, and I'm not going to provide that much detail on everything, so you should be okay, as long as you're okay with some minor spoilers. Uh, so that's number 11. I'm going to leave out the, the Clone Wars animated movie. I think it's like a series or a movie or something like that. I'm not doing that. I'm just doing like the, the main movies plus the stories, so that would be Solo and Rogue One. So should have said that before I started, but... <laughs> This is the worst pod, guys. It's the worst. All right, let's go. Uh, uh, number 10. Number 10. That's next. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. So this movie, a lot of people love. And it's way higher on most people's lists. I despise this movie. Let me, let me explain. This movie is obviously from the newest movies, the newest trilogy, which was 7, 8, and 9. Visually, it's one of the best. It is the best of the new films. Let me put it that way. Uh, some of the stuff that the director does with color, in the and just like generally setting up elements in the scenes, it's just it's a beautiful movie. It's well done that way. I won't argue with that. What really annoys me about it is it breaks the rules that were originally set up by the universe. So it and a lot of people had a gripe with this. This isn't just me. It the new the new director Ryan Johnson, who was actually a really good director. If you've seen Knives Out, that movie's pretty darn good. Um. In this movie, he, he's way out of his element. He's trying to rewrite the rules of the, of the universe You know, eight movies into a, a series. You can't do that. Having Leia floating through space as, and then she's fine. It's just like... Uh, it, it was so frustrating as a Star Wars fan to watch that and be like, wait, what is even happening here? First of all, Leia didn't even have hardly any force powers throughout the original movies. I sound so geeky doing this. I shouldn't be so heated about this. My wife is going to listen to this and make fun of me. I bet you. I bet you so much. Um, Leia's floating through space makes zero sense and just aggravates people who are real Star Wars fans. And then Luke's hologram near the end where it's just like, oh yeah, he can like teleport basically and project a a perfect photorealistic image of himself anywhere he wants it, but then he dies. And they don't even explain how he dies. I guess he just became one with the Force like Obi-Wan did. But... It's just like such a sad, boring ending to Luke. And also doesn't make any sense with what they've set up in the previous eight, seven movies, I guess. So both of those things make that movie terrible, in my opinion, and it is second to last behind, I mean, in front of only Attack of the Clones, because Attack of the Clones, it doesn't get any worse. There's no reason for that movie to exist. All right, number nine on the best Star Wars rankings ever, Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Um, This movie annoys me because nothing really happens in the movie. Again, Episode Two and Three, they just stretch out time like crazy, and in this movie, uh, the whole thing is basically just Anakin's completing his transformation. So, uh, which is also a major driving theme in Episode Two. That's like the second main theme. That's like the first main theme in Episode Two. Like, the whole point is he's becoming worse. He's becoming meaner and sadder and more emo-like. So, uh, this movie, for me, doesn't really do anything. And the best moment, there's two good moments in the movie. Number one is when Obi-Wan does his, like, backflip in the lava, off the lava onto this mountain. He goes, I have the high ground, don't try it, or something like that. I don't know the exact line. But he tells Anakin, you know, I I have the high ground, don't try it, don't try it, and then Anakin tries it anyway. So that's number one. That's, that's a great moment, just like because you can tell Obi-Wan. And uh, for m- almost all the prequels, the best actors are obviously Liam Neeson and um, uh, Ian McGregor. Ewan McGregor. I always say that wrong. Um, but those two guys are fantastic in the, the prequels. And I think uh, you only get Qui-Gon Jinn, Liam Neeson's character, in the first one. But did he die in the first? Yeah, he must. Yeah. The, the first episode. Um, is the only one that he's in, but both those guys are really good actors and they kinda of carry the prequels. And then you have a little bit of Samuel L. Jackson peppered in, which is isn't bad. You know, he's a pretty good actor. So uh and then the second best moment in that episode three, Revenge of the Sith, is when Vader's helmet at the very end of the movie comes down. So and it's just kind of cool to see that all happen. Slow mo. You know, it's like it's like super slow motion. Just cool sound effects. So I found that particularly compelling, and I think a lot of Star Wars fans did, just generally. Number eight on my list of best Star Wars movies ever, the best Star Wars rankings ever, I gotta get my title right, geez, um, is Solo, a Star Wars story. I did not like this movie very much, and I just don't think the guy who played Han was very convincing. Um, I thought he was okay, and I didn't particularly like Donald Glover as Lando, I thought he was okay, again. It was just kind of like a blah movie. you had, you had nice appearances, kind of like fan service about Lando with the Millennium Falcon. You had, like Woody Harrelson just playing Woody Harrelson. I will say the one standout performance in this movie is Amelia Clark. So everyone who's seen Game of Thrones knows Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. She's a really good actor, and I kind of feel like they should have cast her as Rey because <laughs> she has so much more personality, she can convey emotions so much better with her face than uh, Daisy Ridley can. Of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I, I do think they made a misstep there casting Daisy Ridley as Ray. She's okay, she's somewhat likable, she's just not mm, likable enough to carry the whole series, in my opinion. Number seven is episode number seven. So, uh... Funny how that lined up, I didn't, you know, obviously this is the best ranking, so I didn't factor in anything other than how good the movies are, in my opinion. So it just happened to line up that way. But this is The Force Awakens. So this was the thing that rebooted everything back in 2015. So this movie is basically pure fan service. As a fan of Star Wars, it's nice to watch, but it doesn't do a lot for you, it doesn't move the needle a lot. because. Okay, there's a few things wrong with this movie. There's there's a lot of things wrong with this movie. Let me let me start. Kylo Ren and Ray are just okay characters. They're okay. Like you don't really care about them, especially in this movie. It's like okay, they're, you know, okay. I get it. He's the new Darth Vader. She's the new Luke Skywalker. I get it. You're trying to do the same formula. Uh, it's rife with bad characters. So you have a couple okay characters, and then you have a whole bunch of bad characters. You have Maz, who like runs that bar. You have Snoke, who it's unclear. How he came to be or what he is. He's basically a stand in for the Emperor. And you have Finn, who's just like random. His, his backstory is interesting, actually. Like, they could have done some cool stuff with, like, taking a defecting stormtrooper if they would have made him more, like, corrupt or something. Because if you make him more corrupt, then he's a much more complex character. And presumably he would be if he was a stormtrooper. But they didn't do that. They decided to make him a goody two shoes who is just, like, self serving the entire series so it's it's kind of sad good things about this movie are the millennium falcon easter egg is really well done so they basically like they're running away from something and then Finn says something like what about that like what about that ship over there and then she goes no that's that's a piece of garbage that thing is trash and then the thing that they're running to gets blown up and then they go okay i guess i guess we'll have to do it and they say something else but and so they turn and then you see the Millennium Falcon. It's kind of funny because it's always referred to as a piece of junk uh, throughout the entire series. So I think that was very well done. Um, and the other good thing about it is the very end is a good ending. They do a great job with that cliffhanger of Rey tracking down Luke and presenting the lightsaber to him. Um, another really dumb thing in this movie is just like killing Han in the, in the most dumb way possible. Like. The most stupid, uh, like sad way you could possibly kill a character off, and he's the most beloved character in the entire series. People don't really think about that. I guess a lot of people, I think, think Luke is like the protagonist, and so he's the most loved character. He's not like just generally people loved Han because he was corrupt and became like this super loyal friend, and uh, I think people like care more about people who are kind of reformed and they've seen a greater journey in them so uh i think they made a mistake there, killing off han so quickly i do know that harrison ford wanted han to die off like way earlier (laughs) so so i think part of it was probably that harrison ford was probably arguing for han to die still um but the way that he died like it's so stupid they could have made it 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 like an iconic film moment if they wanted to they should have Uh, The way that Han died, one of the most beloved characters in all of like movie history, should have been epic and it wasn't. He should have sacrificed himself for somebody. Number six on my list is episode one, The Phantom Menace. And I know a lot of people have this way lower than I have it. First of all, it's tied to my childhood, so give me a break. But secondly, I have a few reasons. All right, I'm gonna go through the reasons. Uh, Episode one, The Phantom Menace. If you can ignore the bad CGI, and if you can ignore Jar Jar Banks, which I know is kind of hard to do at times in that movie, um, it has a lot of good characters. A lot of this for me comes down to the characters. Like, young, young Anakin is interesting. Qui-Gon Jinn is very interesting. Padme is very complex and interesting. Watto is interesting. They have a lot of good, more complex characters than some of these other films do. And overall, this movie is a martyr film. It's about Qui-Gon. Caring so much about something that it gives us life for it, and Darth Maul. The fight scene with Darth Maul is the best fight scene in all of Star Wars uh, because it's so unexpected. And it comes out of nowhere, and I remember when this movie came out, everyone was like, "Gaga" over how cool this scene was with with Darth Maul. This fight scene. So, uh, I think those things about it redeem the bad things, and uh, most importantly, the storytelling is good, and the characters are complex. They're at least more complex than a lot of the other movies. So, I like episode 1 quite a bit. And then it kind of like ties into the original trilogy better than a lot of these other movies that have no almost no relationship with the original because this is the genesis of Anakin and it's also it's also explains that Obi-Wan is responsible for Anakin. So, this is why like in the originals in like episode 4 for example, Obi-Wan seems to know a lot about Darth Vader. And so this kind of explains some of that, like just generally how he knows so much about Vader and Luke's father. So uh, I think it's a good way to tie in the original trilogy, specifically episode four. Moving right along to number five, this is episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. This whole movie plays with really dark themes, and I like that. I know again this movie is rated way lower on most people's lists. Let me explain why I like this so much. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it at home when it came out on Disney Plus early because of the pandemic. Um, I like that Ray and Kylo have this interesting interplay where they're talking to each other the whole film, and Kylo is such an interesting character in this movie. They make him so dark and not like in a whiny way. He's dark in like a driving, forceful way. And it's so good. Like this interplay between Rey and Kylo, where she's basically terrified of him the entire time, and he's just this massive ominous force, is so well done. I like it a lot. It's it's really it's really smart. It's really intelligent, and it's not too far fetched for the Star Wars universe because people have been able to kind of like mentally transport before. So, I like what they did with that. I think having Ben Solo flip Kylo becomes Ben Solo, in, in the, like the flip over to the, the light side is a really cool storyline. But I think they made a huge strategic error in this movie. Near the end, where Rey is basically confronting the Emperor, and Ben Solo comes to her rescue, Kylo, they should have done more with this. I what I would have really liked to see, and this is going to be controversial probably, but it would have been really cool because it doesn't tie anything up and it makes everything way more complex, would have been for Rey to actually join Palpatine and become a Sith. That would have been so cool because like her visions of becoming a sith earlier in the movie and and the just like the darkness that plagues her throughout the entire trilogy would have made so much more sense if she actually succumbed to the dark side wouldn't that have been so cool and then you can have ben now kylo who's now ben solo become a jedi and you just like flip the script entirely and these characters become so much more complex because you've seen kylo's journey from darkness to light and you've seen Ray's journey from light to darkness and you understand how they got there mentally. It's just it would be so compelling, I think, if you did it in a in a nuanced way. So I think they missed a huge opportunity. And I think that Disney just wanted to wrap it up because they didn't like how six, seven, and eight or sorry, seven, eight and nine went. Because it sounds like there are rumors within Lucasfilm that Disney is basically trying to like get rid of seven, eight and nine from the entire canon and i think based on how 9 ended that makes sense but if hey, if they had a if they had been more nuanced with 9 and they like made it really interesting with the characters they could have continued it people would have liked to see that i think cuz ben became such a, a much more interesting character he becomes the best character in the new trilogy in episode 9 and i think if you would have like made him your primary protagonist going forward you could have kept that going for quite a while because He is such a good, interesting character, and people root for him near the end of episode 9. So, killing him off, like right away, as soon as people learn to like him, is a little much, I think. Then we have number four. Number four is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And I know this is fairly high on a lot of people's lists, it's also high on mine, obviously. Um, Let me explain why this movie is so important. This movie is more essential to the originals than any other movie outside of the. Episodes four through six. It's more essential to the Skywalker saga than anything else in, in Star Wars canon. So, it explains the Death Star, which was quite unexplainable prior to this movie. It explains basically everything in Episode four, and then obviously episodes five through six are just expounding on Episode four. So it's it's basically critical to understanding the Star Wars story. Linking up Episode three and four is essential, just like absolutely essential. So I do think that this movie is. Super important. Galen Urso, Jin Erso, Cassian Andor, Orson Krennic, all these characters are fantastic characters. They're better than any of the movies we've talked about so far. The characters in any of the movies we've talked about so far. They're super complex and they're, they're great. Their protagonist in this movie again is better than Rey. I feel like of the female protagonists they've had in movies, so we start with, you know, like, Amelia well, I guess we started with, really we started with Carrie Fisher, who was super likable in the originals. And then we went to uh, you know, Daisy Ridley. And then we had Amelia Clark and we had Felicity Jones. And of the three, if we're talking Felicity Jones, Amelia Clark and Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley is the worst actress out of all of those. Out of those three. So, I don't know why they decided she was going to be the one for, to carry these three movies of the new trilogy. It was just seemed like a strategic error. And on in my opinion. Obviously, you want to pick someone who's relatively unknown, but there, I'm sure there are better actresses who are unknown than Daisy Ridley was. And that's not to slander her. She's an okay actress. I just don't think she's in like the, the major top, top, top of the, of the list. Also, in Rogue One, we get really cool cameos from Leia and Darth Vader. And the end scenes with Vader, this is like Vader's best appearance, I think, in, well, definitely after the original trilogy, but maybe even including the original trilogy, he is truly terrifying in that end scene where he's trying to chase down the plans for the Death Star. He just, like, is chopping through everybody. Um, And they do it in such a way that it, like, mirrors his appearance in the first uh, trilogy. Like, Darth Vader's not a super physical guy, but he's just, like, super good with the lightsaber and just, like, a force that can't be stopped, basically. And they portray that so well with this movie and this scene in particular. This is the best scene I think I've seen Darth Vader in, the end of Rogue One. Here we go, now we're in the top tier. The bronze medal number three, we have episode four, A New Hope. Obviously, the only ones I haven't mentioned yet are the originals, so these are all going to be the originals. Episode four is good, not great. Let me explain. The setup of the movie is kind of formulaic. Obviously, they have to give a lot of exposition up front because this movie is a whole new universe, so they do a pretty good job with the setup by basically making the audience be Luke. So Luke is an avatar for the audience, and they basically provide a bunch of exposition from Obi-Wan, the mentor figure, to Luke, and that helps the audience understand all the concepts that are going to be explained in Star Wars. It's kind of a classic movie trope. Like, it's just like a classic movie formula to get people to understand what's going on. So after they figure that out, then they introduce Leia and Han. These are the best characters in all of Star Wars, Han specifically. But Leia, to a lesser degree, also. And then we have Luke being kind of blah, being kind of boring. He's an avatar for the audience again. And he's just like, his journey is basically just like basic good guy journey. He, um, I talked to some of my writer friends about this. One of the things they said was really interesting to me. And I feel like I knew this, or no, that's not accurate. Maybe, maybe I feel like I should have known this. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> Um, but they say, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy isn't about Luke. It's about Darth Vader. It's about Darth Vader's transformation. And that's so interesting. It's so like buried in the, in the marketing and everything else. But it, it definitely is. If you look at the, the original trilogy, the whole thing is about Darth Vader and Darth Vader's transformation from dark to light. So this movie has a destruction of the Death Star in it, which is fairly underwhelming. And because it doesn't make any sense plot-wise, which is why you needed uh, to set it up with Rogue One. So of the originals, four makes the least sense, I think, but it does do a good job of setting up a super expansive, believable world for these characters to live in, which is why it got a lot of traction. So number two episode, and this is going to be controversial again, because this is typically number one on most people's lists, The Empire Strikes Back, episode five. There's some really cool visuals in this movie. I'm, I'm not going to lie. A lot of this movie is really cool. The Battle of Hoth is awesome. Cloud City with Lando is awesome. The double cross with Lando and Vader and the Empire. like That's super interesting. You have Han frozen in carbonite. These are a lot of plot points. Maybe I should have said if you didn't want spoilers, you shouldn't listen. <laughs> but uh, And then we also have the big reveal, obviously. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, that everybody knows now, but didn't know then. It was a huge moment in cinema. So, this movie is typically number one on the list. I like it a lot. Let me explain why it's not number one for me. Number one is episode six for me, Return of the Jedi. The reason being, you have the Emperor more prominent, and I think he's a more dark, sinister figure than Vader is. Um, and I like the fact that you have Job of the Hutt, you have, it feels like... At times in this movie, it gets really weird and dark and goes in places that you don't expect a movie like this to go. Episode 5 plot-wise is better. Episode 6 is just more interesting, like you have a lot more characters, a lot more interactions and you don't really know where the movie's going. So I like that better. The best part I think about episode 6 is badass Luke. So Luke dons all black basically in this movie and it's just all of a sudden so cool. Like, he's just chopping through everybody with the lightsaber and stuff. And um, that's not something you ever thought you would really see in Luke until after episode five, when he, like, basically has a grudge. So I like that. I like that they finally decided to, like, give Luke kind of like a backbone. Because most of the series, he's kind of boring and blah and a goody two-shoes. But they finally decided to give him a darker look. I like that a lot. I like the idea of just, like, these light perfect figures turning into these dark, sinister figures, like the transformation that goes on mentally within them must be super interesting. Obviously, they didn't take Luke that far, but they took him halfway there. And For me, that was enough because you didn't see any of that prior to episode six, which is why, again, I also like the idea of taking Rey and making her go all the way there because they haven't done that yet in the series. They've taken Luke halfway, but if they had taken Rey and made her all the way over, Made her partner with the Emperor. And then in the subsequent movie, you can make her overtake the Emperor. Wouldn't that be so cool? She is like the new Emperor. And then you have Ben Solo, who's just a Jedi against this Emperor figure. You make her super strong. She's scary. That would have been awesome. But, you know, they don't hire me at Lucasfilm. So, <laughs> and then obviously in episode six, you have Vader turning. So, kind of just like, Completes the whole thing. You also have Ewoks, which I think just like boost the rating by like ninety percent. Whatever the rating was, it should have been ninety percent higher because you have Ewoks. Those are the coolest little characters. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but they are fun. They are really, they are a really cool piece of Sun Sick. I like Ewoks a lot because they're just like, I don't know. It, it's it's so comical some of the fighting in that movie that I think it's intended to be. Like a half a comedy movie. So um, I liked it a lot. Episode six is number one on my list. This has been the best Star Wars rankings ever. And I hope you agree. If you don't, send me a message. I'm curious. I'm really interested to see what you guys think. So uh, I'm going to get out of this for 20, 29 ish minutes. So uh, I am stoked. And I hope you guys enjoyed the list. Go watch all the Star Wars movies. They're all on Disney, Plus, basically. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. This has been a Worst Pop production.